one goes. (laughs) I just made us redo the store because I messed it up and I'm superstitious. That's okay. I'm very superstitious too. Hi, Emily. Hi, Stevie. This is just like, I feel like we've just invited you in for a little, like we're curled up in bed in our PJs with wine and weed and chocolate. And we're like watching the show together. That's what I want this to feel like. But in the beginning, we have like a brief lecture. I don't know. Yeah. Also, we're both chewing gum. Yeah. So maybe just uh, as a little gift for letting us chew gum, because apparently Stevie's informed me that it sounds horrible. Um, (laughs) We'll well, only that. if you're like we'll put that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that gif of Jillian. Um, oh, chewing gum as chewing reward gum. for allowing us this pleasure on this very difficult and disgusting episode. <laughs> Emily has a little topic that she wants to bring to Sex Corner today. So I thought that this would be a good topic, right? Because it's relevant, current day, <laughs> current events. Right. It's new. It's fresh. So it's about Zoella, Zoe Sug. Um, oh, this would be good for our British listeners, huh? Because they probably know her. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. I don't know her, but here we go. So basically, Zoella is her like state her you her stage name, her YouTuber name. <laughs> um, and she's a British woman. She started YouTube like right at the height when, like influencer like not even influencers but like youtube stars were becoming Mm. a thing when people were making a career out of youtube oh okay um she was like in the peak of that oh like hannah with the first people yes jody and people like that yeah she was like in that group Mm -hmm. so anyways but yeah so she was part of that wave okay and um she does like makeup tutorial i don't know what she does now i haven't watched her in a very very long time but i used to watch her a lot in high school she did like makeup tutorials and clothing hauls and like stuff like that, you know, just like very lighthearted content. And she used to buy so many clothes and I was like so intrigued by how many clothes she bought at once. And so <laughs> I liked watching her put outfits together. Love that. Um, and so she just turned 30, I guess I found out today. Happy birthday. Um, but the uh when she started she was like in her 20s she's been doing this for a very long time yeah and um recently i guess i I, i'm not quite sure i think so her her brand has like evolved into this like yeah beyond youtube she has like her own website and she has her own products and stuff like that um and uh recently she posted an article on her website about um that was like a list of her top vibrators i don't i think it was of 2020 okay um and apparently that website that same website had been used in curriculums in british in the british school system um for media and social media classes Oh, like how to make a website, things like that? I guess. Yeah, something like that. Like she was used as like a face of social media, Mm, media, something. Um, And after that article was published, um, she was dropped from the curriculum. um, And her website and her content was dropped. Um, it, It seems as though I don't know anything about British education but it seems as though things are pretty uniformed um 
her uniform. In terms so, of curriculum? Yeah. So it How seems is it in the like, U.S.? I don't even know. I mean, the U.S., it literally comes down to just state, state by state, mm. unfortunately, which I'll talk about more. But it's like um, for sex ed, but also just for the general curriculum. Um, like in Texas, they teach the Civil War in some schools as they call it the War of Northern Aggression. Are you kidding? No. Oh my God. I know next to nothing about curriculum and curriculum inequality and things like that, which I should definitely learn more about. So this is really interesting. Yeah. So like particularly Republican states in America are very big on state rights. And so they think that everything should be a state by state basis. And that's certainly the case with sex education. So I'm sure it's the case with regular traditional education as well. So yeah, so they dropped her from the curriculum and they're no longer using her as an example for um, in social media courses. Um, They claimed that it wasn't because of that article, but rather it was like a buildup of just um, adult content that wasn't suitable for children 14 to 16, which I guess is like their their demographic of of students that they're teaching like that's um i know and so um i have a quote actually seems like the appropriate age totally from a cosmo article that a woman wrote about the whole situation um let me just make sure yeah so basically zoe zoe sug is her name so zoe found out about what happened and she went posted a thing on instagram and she basically said the quote from Cosmo says, quote, Zoe, who had no prior knowledge of her website being used by the AQA, which is like the British curriculum. And I feel like system. they should tell you if you're using your... Absolutely. Um, went to her Instagram stories to address the news on Saturday morning. She explained that not only did she not know her content was being used to educate GCSEs, GCSE students aged 14 to 16, but that as a 30-year-old woman, she and her team of adult women were making content for her main demographic of followers who are aged between 25 and 34. Right. (laughs) So it's like there's so many multitudes of issues and why this is frustrating. Right. What I did read in this Cosmo article is apparently the sex education in the UK is uniform. So it's mm. man- it's required in every school, at least every public school mm. in the UK. Um, in America, like a class? In yeah. America, I've, yeah. In America, only 34 out of 50 states require um, a sex education curriculum and only 13 states require that the education contain medically medically accurate information oh my god um that, wait that's insane i know and like what? that that's like a what is that's even the argument for that like i don't in what world it's it's it, it goes to like the individual rights versus um like the public good i guess mm-hmm. it's like people argue that um like individuals have the right to decide because they're children, I guess they have the right to decide they're under 18 that whether how they are taught, I really have no idea. Like that argument really just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think there's any rationality behind it. What are the States that require that? Because I feel like California would be one, but I definitely never had any sex education at all. Um, So I don't, think california is one of them i know new york state doesn't have any requirements i know new jersey doesn't have any or new hampshire doesn't have any requirements 
Um, a lot of the Southern states have very few. Mm. It goes like it varies. So like some require sex education, period. Some don't. Some require medically accurate information. Some require inclusive sex education. Um, mm. th- things like that. It kind of goes in a breakdown. There's a chart that we can post. Um, yeah. But... California pretty much had most of the boxes ticked, I think, but New York had none of them. That's so crazy because I never had any. So apparently they're not enforced. Yeah, they're definitely not enforced. And it's an easy thing to um, circumvent. Um, circumvent? <gasps> you miss lawyer. Oh my God, stop. You're, you're so smart. <laughs> I'm so proud to I, be your friend. I can't believe so- somebody so smart. <laughs> Okay, I love you. You're very sweet. Thank you. I think I've said this on this podcast before, but it's like I absolutely thought about becoming a sex educator at some point in my life because this bothers me so much. You honestly still could. Like you could do both. Why not? I know. It's like sex education is crucial not just for health reasons and for pregnancy reasons, but for like reasons that have to do with like that, that, that will prevent rape and sexual assault. Yeah. Like oh, if you safety, teach, absolutely. you teach consent, like that will prevent other violence. But the and issue so- is like, the issue is that even with sex ed, it's like the tears is like, even when there's sex education, there's like obviously horrible sex education, right? Which is just right. abstinence only. Yeah. Um, we had that talk. That's what I had as well. Um, and then there's like the, sex is only for having children education where it's like mm-hmm. they simply teach you p and v heterosexual sex education and how to prevent a child basically right. um which like even then like varies like that's what i had and they didn't even tell us what a condom was like they didn't tell us anything about prevention it was just Jesus like Christ. And then it kind of goes down from there. So it's like even when like it's so nuanced and it's so convoluted. That's why it's like I will die on the hill that it's like comprehensive sex education is the cornerstone of fixing so many other issues. And it's I think it's it will save lives. Like that's not even absolutely. Absolutely. That's so funny. um I know. And so the result of these of these numbers in the U.S. is like in 2016, the United States had higher rates of teen pregnancy and sexually transmitted disease than most other industrialized countries. And studies have shown that teens have a lower risk of pregnancy when they have access to comprehensive sex education and contraception. We all know that. Yeah, that's which not- is like that's the thing that's so frustrating is like we know that countries that have comprehensive sex education have lower rates of teen pregnancy, have lower rates of S- of sexually transmitted diseases, mm-hmm. have lower rates of abortion. It's like these are the numbers, but it gets into power, it gets into religion, it gets yeah. into like the state versus the federal right to. Mm-hmm create a standard right um and i actually got into an argument in a government class once (laughs) because these people were like we were talking about like is it is it the parents right to to is it is it the federal government's right to mandate comprehensive sex education and then is it equally the parents right to pull their child from school if they don't want them to learn that 
And it's like, absolutely the like, fuck not. There comes a point when the public good outweighs the private right. Yeah. So it's like, if something is going to be overwhelmingly positive and overwhelmingly helpful for the, for the public good, mm. the good of the public, then your private right to choose doesn't matter. Wow. And like, I will die. I will die on that hill. You're so fucking smart. Emily, I had the worst. I'm not. Listen to me for a second. I had the worst government teacher in the world. And so like, I know in high school and then I never took a fucking government class in college. So I know nothing about this stuff. So the way you explain it is so like impassioned, but also so clear. Like I, it makes me get it. And it's so interesting. It makes me really happy. Thank you for explaining it. Oh my God. Keep going. No, but it's just like, I've thought about that for a while. And I just thought about like, because it is complicated. It's like, how do you tell a parent that like, they don't have the right to raise their child the way that they want? Right. Like that wouldn't fly at all. Right. And it's like, the answer is like, there comes a certain point where the public good outweighs your right as a parent. It just does. Yeah. So what side was your teacher or professor on? So it was actually, it was other students. It was like a group of students and they were basically like, yeah, but like, I think that if like the parent doesn't want their kid learning about all of that, like at a young age, then like they have the right to pull them out. It's just like, they're going to be like less informed, but and like, yes, but then also you have to consider like what happens if in a small town of like a thousand people, 900 parents want to pull their child out of that program. Yeah. Then it's not going to be funded. Yeah. I mean, and it's then, kind of like then it becomes like a cultural yeah. issue. And I mean, it's kind of the same thing where like parents don't want their kids learning about slavery, how it actually was, or learning about how the Mayflower came over like it actually was. Like that's a huge one. Exactly. That they teach the young kids and they're like, no, we have to make the pilgrims and the Indians friends and we have yep. to still call them Indians. Like, yeah. yeah. My uncle worked on Finding Your Roots for PBS. Mm-hmm. So he worked on that show and um, there was a whole thing with Ben Affleck and they, for those of you who aren't familiar with the show, it's like they get celebrities on and they have a professional historian and like DNA people go through their genetics and go through their ancestry and they basically create like a whole book and then they sit down with a man and they go through this person's family history. That's really cool. It's really interesting. And so they did Ben Affleck and um, there was a point, there was a large point in his family's history where his family owned slaves Mm. and he cost the producers and the director and the creators of the show like millions of dollars because he was pursuing them and pressuring them to remove that part from the show because he didn't want people to know that his family had owned slaves. Yeah, but he's fucking white. Yeah. Most and then of- and then it became like a bigger deal because he like was trying to whitewash it when like it wouldn't it would have just been like everybody knows that means you didn't own slaves, bro. Exactly. But like by erasing the history, you're doing damage like that. Exactly. Compared to Anderson Cooper, who also had the same thing, and his one of his ancestors was a slave owner and he was beaten to death by one of his slaves. Oh hell yeah. And, and the guy who interviews that or who like goes through it with them was like, do you think he deserved it? And Anderson Cooper was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And that's like how you should have that conversation is by being totally. fucking honest. 
Ben Affleck. Well, it's like, well Ben Affleck's brother is a sexual assailant, so literally, like, so it's in the family. But here's the ticket, right? Mm-hmm. Is that so? USC, this professor mm-hmm. who works at USC, uh, Dr. Teresa Granger, mm-hmm. said that in her clinical experience, teens will make a decision to engage in to engage in sexual activity whether or not they feel adequately informed. So there's your answer. The people are gonna do it. It's unavoidable. Um, so teach it, like exactly. Like I don't know why. It. I swear to God, it's like people in authoritative power have this mentality that like if we just push down sex enough, people will stop having it, as if they're not having it themselves. Like it's just this shrouding of shame. No, it's probably because they aren't having it in a healthy way. Yeah, and so it's like this. This like well, it's situation like, of shame that's so intense. totally. And it's like these Republican senators, I mean, we're talking from an American viewpoint, obviously, but it's like these Republican senators who are anti-abortion and then um, have their mistresses get abortions. Yeah. It's like, Like why is it so different when it comes to your personal, like, why can't you have empathy? It doesn't really mean anything. Like, they don't actually have any values. It's just what will get them reelected. It's just what will get them reelected. And then in their own life, they have no vowels. They have no values because it's whatever will work best for them and it's more convenient. Exactly. Oh, at least that makes it make sense in my head. Yeah. Despite the fact that this country is predominantly pro-choice, like, by a lot. Yeah. Um, and... Like, I can't remember what it was, but it was something like 93% of parents um, want comprehensive sex education. So, in schools. So why Which, like, is a whole other issue because, like, then you have to question, like, their motivations. Like, are they doing that because they just are uncomfortable talking about it themselves, which is, like, a whole other issue. But, like, but if we, whatever. But even if that's the case, if we start sex education now that's and make that correct, then you're going to be raising people who then won't feel ashamed to talk to their children about it. Absolutely. Studies have shown that, like, in areas where sex education isn't required, teenagers are increasingly more likely to seek information from social media, mm. obviously, mm-hmm. and online um, communities and, and, uh, and spaces, obviously. Right. And so on the one hand, that can definitely be more gender inclusive and be more inclusive in, in general, mm-hmm. but... Then there's also obviously the negative sides of porn and the the misinformation that you know circles the internet. There. Like just like there's good information, there's bad information as well. Absolutely, but like it's it's parts like this. So like this is where Zoella would come in, right? And um, it's not like she was posting something it's not like it was like a sex tape or something like that's the thing it's literally trying to figure out it's talking about vibrators and female pleasure and female pleasure is the most scandalous thing exactly like they think like female pleasure is viewed as so explicit oh totally which is wild well because it's like even in movies which like this really blew my mind when i first thought about it is like in movies all you see is penetration Mm-hmm. and like else. for some reason like that's not too explicit like the movies i've seen where somebody goes down on somebody it's like totally like if you ever saw or even just like if you saw someone like if you saw clit stimulation yeah. with penetration like that would be so explicit it's like just her putting her hand down Literally for what saying. reason because yeah. it's women because it's women because it's female pleasure and like that that's okay, so, so wild 
but what's what, what's interesting about that is I did my um one of my theses on trauma depiction awareness in theater and mm-hmm. um I talked a lot about streetcar because the way that they do the rape scene and that is like the the prime example of how you should be doing trauma scenes but it's interesting to me that like female pleasure is something that's too explicit to show but violence against women is so fetishized and prevalence and prevalent in all forms of which could be said even about this fucking show absolutely (gasps) oh my god which is like why i get so frustrated i know everyone loves the vibrator scene in the revival but it's like why would it be under her bed (laughs) why would it be under her bed one and two like you waited it's just uh, it's just like you're like oh sorry we haven't had them had sex and we violated her bodily autonomy on an episodic episodic basis let's like say that she has a vibrator and then i'll make up for it right like here's her vibrator but like she forgot about it because like she really never uses it she just has it well it's that mentality where it's like well if she's with Mulder, then she doesn't need her vibrator which is a whole other thing Please, oh, I just I saw your even... clips. Emily, I sent Emily a picture of me as a little kid and now she's been styling her hair like it. Oh, yeah. It's so cute. <laughs> My little butterfly clips. <laughs> They're adorable. It looks just like me on picture day when I was four. <laughs> and I think it also comes down to like just information is power and no one in a patriarchy wants young girls knowing that they can find pleasure within themselves, let alone that they have the power um, within them without being dependent on a man yeah and the more comfortable you are with your body and the more the more that that translates into a confidence outside of the bedroom Mm -hmm. and there's no room for that in a patriarchy within young women oh my god that's so true we deter women from doing that by calling it gross and by calling it shameful which results in like women not even wanting to look at themselves period like not even like wanting at to all. look at their own vulvas. They can't like but letting other people do it all the time. Yeah, like that's so heartbreaking. While and while men's like phallic imagery is all over modern media. All over. And it's so accepted and it's deemed something powerful and funny. Yep. Whereas anything Yonic is very explicit. I mean, it's even the same very thing with explicit. fucking Jillian's penis of the day pictures. Like when she was on the James Corden show, he only showed the penis pictures, none of the Yonis that she had on her. I know. Because like it. dicks are funny. Yeah, but but oh my God, vaginas. Whew. And so obviously like apart from it being just fucking heartbreaking is like that we, that we create this total du- aversion to our own bodies is like, for health reasons yeah how are we supposed to know when something is wrong if we don't even know how it's supposed to look exactly oh my god i, um, s- I saw a tiktok the other day where this girl got her nuva ring stuck inside her um so she called her best friend to help her come get it out right as you do yeah, and so her friend like uh-huh. put on gloves and like was grabbing yeah. it and she was like filming and it was really funny she was like screaming and they were like laughing right um and she was like don't look at it don't look at it like would it be better if i turn the lights off and it's like Girl, her hand is in your vagina. What do you mean don't look at Literally. it? Literally. And like that's such a that was such an unconscious thing where she was just like, turn yeah. off the lights, like I don't want you to see it. But her hand is in inside of you. Literally. Like, who cares? Yeah. At this point. But that goes back to like the repressive hypothesis, right? That I brought up a couple of episodes ago. It's like the repressive hypothesis is these dumbass philosophers who were like, if we don't talk about it, then like it mm-hmm. won't be desired. 
Like then no one will care. But it's like Michel Foucault was like, you're actually all really dumb and was like the, and, and said the more that we repress it, the more it's talked about. Mm. And that's what's been, that's what's happened. So it's like, the, the more that we frame sex and the more that we frame pleasure as a taboo, the more young adults are going to want to divest, like dive into it, yeah. whether that's actively or just through information. Yeah. So it's like my stance is like teach children and young adults like everything they need to know, um, even if that makes them go for it at least they'll be informed and they'll be able to participate safely and they'll be empowered to consider if it's what they really want or not. Yeah. Um, And it truly is like when I was a teenager, the things that I wasn't talked to about are the things that I did. The things that I was talked to about openly, I had no interest. It's like a basic human instinct. Like not, not someone withholding something from you makes you want it even more. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that goes across every single topic probably. And then like, it's the issue of the lack of sex education, but it's also the focus on um, the male experience, the heterosexual experience um, and the discrediting or, or even like the burial of the female experience, the non-binary experience, the non-heterosexual experience. Yeah. And so this Cosmo article had a really, really good quote. And she said, this lack of education and open conversation can also mean many of us view our vulvas as things to be used by men first, then by babies, but never by us. Mm-hmm. And this is devastating. We encourage women to love themselves. We beg them to celebrate who they are, but how can they do that if they don't even know their own bodies? Yeah. Um, and so then she kind of, yeah, like she kind of got into like how even she was, mm-hmm. she was, playing into that about how on her social media she was actively celebrating women but she um, promised herself she would never talk about sex and then she realized that like that was playing into it that she was just as much a part of the problem exactly because it's like why is that it's so frustrating when boys masturbating is such a commonly talked about thing or like wet dreams. Yeah, even. exactly. And like I remember as the, learning about that. Me too. And like as they should be because they are normal things. No one's saying not to normalize those things. But why can't vibrators and clit stimulation and your G-spot be the, in that same conversation? Like the fact that I didn't even know the parts of my own body I, until I Emily, was in my late teens, early 20s. Emily, I did not know the parts of my vagina until five months ago that's what i'm saying i am 22 some women women don't even know some women don't even know about that some women have not even looked at their vulva until after they have children that's insane like i I know and so florence given is like a huge campaigner for like take a hand hand and Yeah. yeah get to know your vulva because and it's true yeah um for health reasons and just like it, feeling empowered, you look at every other part of your body. I like yeah, you and of course it plays into like the shame that's been you know created right. for you. But fuck the patriarchy and like it does. It all just go back. It all just goes back to power because the second women realize that they can even sexually satisfy themselves, like sans a partner, even with a partner, like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier, their standards go up. And they realize the profound waste of space dependency on men is in their lives. 
And the less women know about their ability to experience pleasure, the more submissive they will be to things they already think aren't for them. And that keeps us silent and it keeps us submissive and it keeps us as vessels for having children. See, you guys, it's all intertwined. Which is what the system wants. And that's the thing. This all comes back to capitalism and the patriarchy. It always does. The younger women have children, the less financially stable they are, the the, um, uh, decreased access to abortion and and birth control. Um, All of that plays into the fact that like, capitalism needs an exploitable labor force yeah and so if these women who are getting pregnant younger who are less financially stable are able to get abortions then like there's no exploitable labor force so they have like these women are producing the labor force that drives capitalism forward exactly exactly and it's like it doesn't benefit men either no they're the ones fucking working themselves to death when they're like would like Repressing their emotions and punching drywalls. Literally. That's not fun. You yeah. can live a happier life, Chad. Seriously. <laughs> like, seriously. It can be better. Absolutely. And like as much as much as it is, like people don't like to talk about sex when it serves no purpose or like when the purpose is pleasure. It's more about men don't want women to be aware of the power they hold. And it's even more um a narrative about a much deeper and much more um cynical uh product of capital a capitalistic patriarchal conservative society yeah and like what the thing where i think that ties in with this show is like the control of people who have children's reproductive organs and like their way they make the decisions it's like it's used as a way to forever maintain that power like i truly think that is one of the pinnacle things because the the power to create life is one like symbolically that is godlike right it's like it is creation and for cis men to have control over that is is keeping that because people who have children would immediately usurp men yeah oh absolutely with with control over that completely and like that's where this show is like the only reason that a character as independent and powerful as scully was allowed to exist on television at that time is with the sacrifice of her all of her reproductive autonomy like that is that was the compromise for for her character to even exist exactly exactly and that's why i think like the narrative of um like Mulder put two babies in an infertile woman are you kidding me As if his sperm is like some fucking magic. She's like, shut the fuck up. The thing that did the more work was her goddamn uterus. Literally. Are you kidding me? All the sperm had to do was go black. Literally. This woman had her ova taken out of her body and somehow her body created a human life. And so that's just a yucky take. Because then it also it also plays into like the like oh my God, his sperm is so powerful. Like he's, he can do anything. Like he's such a, no. No. Absolutely not. Sperm are like the weakest form of life. Literally. You know how many sperm go in that don't make it? Like they're fucking weak. Hundreds. Hundreds thousands, of thousands. Maybe. Yeah. They're weak. Fucking weak. I read an article like a couple of years ago that said that, that they were um, working on a way where you could, basically like fertilize an egg with bone marrow or something like that 
Oh. And so, like, women could become pregnant, like, literally without even sperm. Yep. Oh, I remember watching that on the Animal Planet when I was nine. And they were like, in this many (laughs) thousand years, men will be extinct. And I was like, wow. Wow. (laughs) I was like, that's so cool. I hope I live until then. Me at nine, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then, and then there, and then we had our first earthquake. I remember this memory very vividly. That's amazing. That what a memory. That's amazing. (laughs) It's really funny. Um, But anyways, so Zoella being taken off of these curriculums is really indicative of clearly a lot of much larger problems. Exactly, it's just misogyny at its core. But like on a much larger scale, it's just collateral damage of a society that wants a binary where women are submissive and men are in control yeah jesus christ like what how good of a fucker is binary and why is everybody obsessed with it seriously why are you so obsessed with me god i think it's the binary i know i think spectrum is a much nicer whatever spectrum the cable the cable company yep (laughs) this is actually an ad for spectrum Speaking of spectrum. Speaking of spectrum, <laughs> how is your Wi-Fi connection? <laughs> Speaking of, should we take an ad break? Yeah, let's take an ad break. You guys, we okay. have an ad. It's our first ad. Okay, enjoy. Let's let's go to the ad. <laughs> let's get into the episode. Let's get into this shitty dumpster fire of an episode. If you have not watched this episode yet, or like you're doing a rewatch and like you listen first, skip it. Don't just skip it. Don't watch it. Trust us. Just, this is worse than gender bender. It, okay, I was thinking about it today. I think the worst episodes, like there are bad episodes because they're boring, like plot wise. Right. Worst like episodes in terms of how problematic they are. Gender bender, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. This one is at the fucking top. Yeah. And then enemy. 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 Yeah, that's a bad one. And is- the one where black people turn white. What's that called? Oh, yeah. And Tangusta, I think. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, this is one of the bad ones is what we're saying. This is one. I think this is at the top, honestly. Because it has racism. (sighs) It has major sexism. It promotes violence against women. It's like it has all it has ableism. Like it has all. Get out your bingo card. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Literally. Get out your trauma bingo card. Literally. It's also bad because Mulder, they, the person who wrote this, wrote Mulder like a complete and utter asshole. Asshole? And it's like, I feel like the person who wrote this had not seen the show before. No, absolutely not. Wrote him as the biggest asshole ever. Yeah, like I choose, maybe this is stupid of me but i choose like i just like discredit this from like i don't even see it as molder like this is just like a they just wrote them poorly it's not congruent with this character at all you can't you literally cannot think this is molder because you or you could never watch the show again it ruins everything yeah so the episode that we're talking about yes which i actually don't even know how to pronounce it it's excelsius day day i think and I have a little uh, pre precursor review quote mm, okay. that really just explains it. <laughs> so they said, uh, Excelsius Day is an absolutely terrible episode. Oh my God, I have this one quote. Of, one about how old men are perverts, the rape of an underdeveloped character is a story hook, and foreigners are magic. I literally wrote that quote at the end of my notes movie blog has the best reviews like whoever does those like they analyze really well 
Totally. This was the first one I read because I read the Wikipedia page for this um, to get the plot because I was like, what the fuck is happening? Right. Um, and then the Wikipedia page was like, it got some good reviews, but then some critics like really, <laughs> really got into it because of the rape plot line. And I was like, ooh, what are these reviews? So I looked up. No, movie was- blog, I read those a lot when I was writing my thesis. Yeah, Those I were bet what all great. of the quotes were from the last episode when I was like quoting all the time. Yeah, not the, not the last one, but the one before that. So, and that makes sense, right? Because the yeah. director of this episode uh, reached out to the show's producers because he was such a big fan of the show, and they just let him direct an episode. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what the fuck? And this was his only credit for the entire series. The writer too, right? Or did the writer uh, write other episodes? Potentially, I'm not sure. I'm not Paul sure. Brown. But I know the director. Paul Brown is the piece of shit writer. Steven Sergic is the piece of shit director. Know their names, but fuck them. Fuck them, like big time. Yeah. But then Chris Carter, when Jillian Anderson gave him a, uh, told him that she wanted to write and direct an episode, he said, "Well, do it. Write, write it, and then we'll see." Oh my god, that's so annoying because there's literally so many interviews about how Chris Carter was like no you can't write and direct even though David had been writing and directing this whole time in this random Joe off the fucking street I'm gonna scream <laughs> I know. Joe Schmo Joe fucking Schmo can direct an episode of the X-Files but Jillian Lee Anderson Golden Globe SAG Award Emmy Award winning actor cannot yep. also I would like to say too um, all things is one of the best episodes. Oh, all things and never again. And I'm not even saying that because Jillian wrote it. It's like truly no. that does Scully the most justice. It does. I watched that episode for the first time without knowing that she wrote it. And Interesting. It, and it was one of my favorites. And then when I found yeah. that out, I was like, oh my god, it all makes that makes sense. sense. <laughs> um, because you get so much Scully development. Anyways, it's not the episode we're talking about. Clearly, we don't absolutely. want to talk about this one. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Um, this also, uh, was, uh, an interesting episode because it was, at least as far as I know, the start of Chris Carter and, um, the directors and the crew and, or, and the producers and everything, not giving the cast and the crew the script, um, until an, an inordinately short amount of time before they were actually set to film. This is one of the first ones that they did that? As far as I know, yeah. So the cast and crew were given the script two days before shooting. That's insane. And, like... This is a Chris Carter classic, and it's because he knew that the shock of the stories were all he had. Like, there was no suspense or anticipation in how it would look or how he would have it play out because he's, he's a bad – he's a horrible creator. He's a horrible writer. He's a bad director. And so he guarded the scripts, like, with his life, even from his actors and his crew – because he's an egotistical man who knew that the shock value of the plot was all that he had. Okay, so we open on day convalescent home in Worcester, Massachusetts. Two aides are watching a boxing match. They're joking about how a woman died. And uh, they didn't feel like cleaning her room. So the female aide comes in, gets left to do all the work, and be the only person who's taking her actual profession seriously. And my first note was, why do women have to parent men, even in professional settings? The vibes in this episode are like a solid zero out of ten, and that's generous. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my first note is, uh, what the actual fuck is happening? 
And that was in response to the nurse going into a room with two male patients and they just start sexually harassing and assaulting her just very casually. Really casually. Uh, like, yeah. One of them grabs her wrist. Another, he, maybe the same guy grabs her ass. Uh, so that's fun. So she literally and has she, to strap them down and she's just like making yeah. jokes like that's an every night routine. That's the important part is that she, she acts as though it's routine and then she actually says that it is yeah. after. So she walks out of the room and she has to yell at another male aide because he didn't listen to the doctor and was letting these two men watch TV after nine o'clock. And I hate that they frame this as, so the male aide goes, but the doctor said they were getting better. And I hate that they frame it as that because then as an audience member, you're meant to empathize with the old men that like they're getting better. And even if they weren't, why can't they just watch TV a little bit longer? Like they're clearly at the end of their life. It's and a- it, paints the, it paints the female nurse as like a killjoy because- amidst her literally being sexually assaulted on what she suggests as a regular basis. That's exactly it. And my biggest note throughout this entire episode was that the old patient, the the old what do they call them residents become bigger victims than she does absolutely and that's the thing and then they not that they're not but it's like those men are well one of them is a rapist uh and then the show blames the fact that she's being sexually assaulted on the old men's dementia and so i mean that's truly what a profound feat for the 90s After countless studies, we finally found the reason why men sexually assault women. And it turns out it's dementia. (laughs) Turns out. (laughs) Wow, men get dementia really young, don't they? Wow, yeah, it turns out. So so the the female aide goes into the woman who died. She goes into her room. Mm -hmm. um, And as she's cleaning up, the door slams shut. The bed barricades her in and something ties her to the bed. She's like screaming, just a completely unnecessarily traumatic scene. Yeah. And part of the reason why the vibes are so off is because this episode was actually filmed in an abandoned mental mental hospital. Mm, really? Not not an actual nursing home. Yeah. Oh God. Um, and so it's just the fact that they felt the need to make this have like a physically eerie environment because this taking place just like in a normal nursing home wouldn't have been terrifying enough. Yep. The like the rape and the sexual assault without any way to find the perpetrator like wouldn't have been frightening enough. Well, and I wrote that like you can have ghosts attacking and being bad without having them raping in orderly. Why do people forget that robbery exists? I don't know. Isn't that the fucking ticket? Like every time there needs to be like a crime, just like as spice, they're like, oh, let's make let's make rape. it rape. Yeah, I'm like, there are other. What if they were arsonists? What if they were lighting shit on fire? What if they were exactly painting the mental institution? Like what? Well, that's Killing the thing, medicine. right? Like they could have like started the room on fire, and she could have been trapped in it. Yeah. Why did she? I don't. Not that, and, and it's not even like we need to sit here and come up with all no, exactly. lines. It's like, it's just ridiculous. And so, yeah, so we need like the peeling walls and the metal bed and like the wrist restraints and like no furniture. The wrist and restraints dark were not colors. a necessary addition. Yeah. Because then, then, the, I didn't realize this, that implies that she's getting what she deserves because she just tied that, she just restrained that man. So it's just him giving it back to her. 
Yeah. Ooh. And it's like a very, there's a very clear shot of her um, putting the man in restraints. So. Yeah, no, they're definitely paralleled shots for sure. That's fully Absolutely. intentional. That's disgusting. Nasty. So you cut to the FBI view. So we cut to the FBI headquarters in DC. <laughs> um, Scully's in the office before Mulder. She's watching a VH- VHS tape. I just want to say that Scully's sitting in Mulder's chair. Hot. Hot. So hot. Um, Mulder <laughs> makes a joke about how any porn she found isn't his. And she says, cool, I put it with the rest of your porn that isn't yours. I just have a question. Um, Is he yeah. sitting in his office masturbating to porn on VHS on the big screen? Like, is that – does no one think that it, that's weird? It would uh, It would appear that that is the case. Rad. But I also – okay – as disturbing as that is, I love that I did like a little analysis of Scully. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because um, I love that how now that Scully loves the rush of rebellion more than the rush of approval. Mm-hmm. And like, because ever since her dad died, this side of her builds more and more and like ultimately, you know, climaxes and never again, right. I think, where. She's often on the side of rebellion because it feels better to her more than because the approval that comes with telling, like tattletaling, yeah. feels good. And so, like with Mulder's porn, like young Dana Scully would have absolutely reported him to the principal's office and like fed off of yeah. the serotonin from his praise. Um, but like wise beyond her years, Dana Scully likes being bad if it fuels like something that sets her free. Yeah. She's like, it's going to be like a, a quicker rush for me to just be like, I know totally. your secret, but I'm not. Yeah. And it like, so she loves, she loves a good rebellion that makes her superior say that they expected more of her. <gasps> Stop. <laughs> just, careful. <laughs> careful. I know. I'm bordering. I'm, I'm bordering on the line. You're, you're, um, you're over the line. <laughs> but then... <laughs> But then I wrote that she likes the gifts of rebellion more than the way the catch makes her feel. Like, if that mm, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. She likes, like, you know, participating in rebellion. Whereas, like, before, she would rebel to get caught. But now she just likes the... So, yeah. Good analysis. Um, and so, like, she likes that they have... She likes that he has porn in the office. But... From an outside perspective, that's fucked. That's fucked, Yeah but she likes being bad with him. She has like a strong intuition of like which rebellion will serve her and which won't. And that because makes her she's a big a, girl. Yeah, because she's a big girl, exactly. So Scully explains to Mulder what happened on the tape, which is that Michelle Charters, the main nurse at this nursing home, claims that she was raped. Um, Scully notes that, ready? Her physical injuries and the medical report are consistent with her claims that she was raped. Okay? Yep. Everyone remember that. That is, yep. And they show pictures of her and it's brutal. It's absolutely, yeah. Like giant bruises on her upper inner thighs. Like unnecessary. Unnecessary. <laughs> Just unnecessary. This whole episode. Unnecessary. <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> um, except no one believes her. Not because people hate women, which I know you might have thought, Stevie. Mm, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. But because she claims it was by an invisible entity. Oh, and because misogyny. But mainly because she claims that it was by an invisible entity. Got it. Um, and at this point, I really just thought this episode feels like 
one big fuck you to rape survivors and every single person trying to change the way rape is spoken about, the way that it's prevented, and the way that it's prosecuted. Because Mm -hmm. this like invisible entity that she was raped by is very reminiscent of the elusivity that comes with for rapists often in real life. hundred percent. Like you, you learn about the survivor. You rarely learn about the rapist. That's so accurate. And just like, and then in addition to like the socially acceptable past that most, I would say white rapists get um, almost as if they are ghosts Mm -hmm. that the act couldn't have been perpetrated by someone as promising as this man that is such a good analysis the improbability of how we talk about white men and boys being able to do that similar to the way that they're talking about the way an invisible entity could ever could never do that just obviously for very different reasons um yeah and then of course like the ghost like invisible way in which these records disappear and enable white men to continue living their lives. And the thing is, is that Mulder in this moment, he says like all the cases of entity, all the cases of entity rape that have been are in the X-Files are completely unsubstantiated as if the literal point of his whole job isn't to substantiate the unsubstantiated. Like, are you like, <laughs> I literally made a note about that. I was like, what would be the point of investigating substantiated claims of, of phenomena Mulder? Like then it's, Please then, explain it, that to then me. it is not phenomenon. Like I don't. Idiot. It's like literally like that is the de- him being like oh like that's unsubstantiated like that is the definition of the X Files. Your job, whole, your literal the job. whole concept of this show. So the whole point of this is like, it doesn't take a woman claiming to be raped by an invisible entity for people to not believe her. Exactly. That's, that, exactly. that's what I find so fantastic about this whole thing. It's like I wrote women already aren't believed enough. There doesn't need to be a supernatural spin on this kind of case. Like if you're not going to condemn exactly. those who one commit violence against women and two those who don't believe victims, then don't use this plot line. No. Nope. It's like nope. It's just trash. It's so stupid. So as Stevie said, Mulder says he has other X-Files that document similar cases. Scully's already seen them because she's on top of her shit. Because she seems um, very passionate about this case. Like, I love that she got there at 6 a.m. to, like, absolutely. get ahead. Okay, like, the one thing is, is that, like, I'm really happy that she seems to be the only person who gives a shit. But, but also, at the same time, it's, like, that one, that shouldn't need to be happening. No. And two, um, it was just so clear that these male writers were, like, were like, well, she's a woman, she's so a woman. of course she would be extra sensitive to this. So of course she'd care, but she'd care and she'd be wrong and it would inhibit the solving of the case. Exactly. So we learned that none of the cases have been substantiated. Um, Mulder says that victims' memory often forgets the face of the attacker, so it's a logical leap that she would think that whoever attacked her was in fact invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, this is important to note that uh, Mulder believes that she was raped at this point exactly he fully believes that so they go to michelle charters and she says that it was mr hal arden who is a resident where she works but then she says quote i'm not some kind of shrinking violent Mm. who would repress the memory of a rapist's face like yes let's highlight the internalized misogyny that's manifesting in her recollection of a violent attack as if that trauma response somehow makes her weak. As if that's not a, as if that's a fucking conscious thing anybody has control over. 
that line made me like physically recoil. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like wretch. Yeah. <laughs> I had a th- just like <laughs> I had a spit bucket next to me the whole time I watched this. <laughs> so I, I got a lot like, of use out of it. Just like baby barf every five minutes. Just spit up. <laughs> spit up your formula. <laughs> I spit up a lot while watching this. Call this episode spit up. Spit up. Seriously. Yucky. Why don't they call it vomit? Why is it spit up for babies? <laughs> well, because like it's not really vomit. It's, it's literally like spit. they're drinking breast milk and they're just spitting that up. So then they go to Hal Arden to confront him about these allegations and he laughs because how could he rape someone? His dick doesn't work. Let me flash you and show you. Let me let me show you. I can prove it. <laughs> So, Scully asks if he threatened Charters, oh. which he did. He sexually assaulted and harassed which her on multiple saw. occasions. According to Charters, quote, every time she entered the room, which his response is, it was harmless for crying out loud and, like, fucking nothing matters, right? Like, boys will be boys, except in this case, old men will be old men. Old men will be rapists. Is- like... Because boys who are never told they're wrong and are never held accountable just grow up to be men who ruin people's lives. And that's the fucking truth. Ever since this sex harassment fad, men can't say what's on their minds. And Mulder is like smirking at Scully the entire time because apparently she's the only one actually taking this seriously. And it's very, very off-putting. And like normally I like when they're like eye-fucking, but in this moment I wanted to... Yeah, I was like, get as far away from her as possible, please. Especially later when they're having the conversation in the hotel. He's looking at her like, let's go up to the bedroom. And she's like, I'm talking about this woman who was raped. Yep. It's disgusting. Like that that is the vibe like that is the vibe that Mulder gives off. And then like This is this not specific- Mulder. I refuse. Let's no. call him something else. Seriously. This is like his alter ego. Folder. <laughs> but Mulder's like giving off to scully like this man is senile nothing he says means anything and anyone who takes him seriously is just too sensitive (sighs) like that's the energy that he is exuding yeah Mm. so so let me get to the part that uh bb i know you have some things to say so hal arden says to scully Quote, if I told you you were a very pretty woman and I would like to show you some affection, would you be offended? One, that isn't what you did. No. Um, you grabbed her. Yeah. Without her consent. And what you just said suggests that you asked if if Charters was comfortable with you showing her affection, which you did not. Not to mention the fact... That one wo- that what one woman is offended by doesn't matter in comparison to another, and it certainly doesn't diminish the claim of the woman who was. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, fucking Arden, that would be fine if you said that to me, if you could take me saying no. Like, the issue comes when exactly. the rejection of that affection cannot be taken, you fucking wrinkly piece of rapist garbage. Seriously. And that's the thing. Like, the, the, the first part is that, first of all, you did not ask. That's not That's how it went. Just that you asked all. for consent, which you did not. Yep. And then second of all, which is your point, it's like you could not handle her saying no. 
Exactly. Like there would be no issue. That's why you didn't ask. If a man came up to me on the street or in a bar and said, hey, I think you're really beautiful. I would love to go. Can I fuck you? Can I fuck you even? I would literally be like, oh no. And if they could be like, okay. And then that's it. Bye. But it's not like that. Like It's not like that. There have been women who have been shot point blank for saying no to people to giving them their phone numbers. Like this isn't a, it's not a joke. It's not like, it's not women being too sensitive. It's people's literal lives. Yep. I don't know how to break, I don't know how to beat that into thick fucking skulls like Chris Carter's who authorized this fucking shit. I don't know. I don't know. So... Um, he keeps talking and like basically fuck this old man. Um, and then to top it all off as he's leaving, he says that if we get to rape women in heaven, then I'm ready to go. And if Scully were written by a woman, I think she would have given him what he wanted. So Scully asks Mulder what he thinks because clearly this woman was raped, but Arden didn't really give them anything to suggest that he was the one who did it. Yeah, like, aside from admitting to being a serial sexual harasser, but he lacked the physical strength and the dick power to become a serial sexual assaulter. Because you've got to be a strong big man to do that, right? Yeah, but, like, he's working on it, right? But and he's like, try- he's, he wants to get there, but he's not. He hopes. He hopes one day that he'll get there. Jesus. And Mulder responds with a joke about his dick and then says, it's a waste of their time. What's a waste of a time, Mulder? Working to help a victim get justice for their sexual trauma? Is it boring if it, if it really is just repression and then the assault doesn't matter? Like, is that boring to you? Apparently. Psychology is boring. Okay. Yeah, Oxford educated. He's uh, like, it's just not interesting if they just repress it and they can't remember the rapist's face. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's not an entity. There's still a rapist. Like, a rape still occurred. That's this whole episode. That's this whole, this episode makes no sense. This whole episode is literally me going, okay, but there was still a rape. Like, I don't. The, yeah. So, so he says it'll, he, th- he says to Scully that he thinks it'll be another instance of um, unsubstantiated phenomena to which Stevie pointed out earlier is his entire fucking job, substantiating <laughs> the unsubstantiated to which Scully has to remind him by saying, yes, Mulder but in a very substantiated crime, you fucking freak. I like that that line exists. Me too. And like, I'm, gonna bo- I'm about to quote Veep here. Do it. Mulder in this episode is a fucking varicose vic- dick vein. Like, <laughs> one, would it kill you to not be so bummed about the fact that you can only help solve a woman's violent crime case without the feature of some phenomena for once? And two... Scully was just abducted and medically raped by someone unidentifiable. So why are you acting like she isn't clearly fucking visibly upset and unsettled by the nature of a woman whose body has also been violated by someone unidentifiable? She seemed to fucking care when it was Scully. Isn't that the ticket? And like, this is the kicker and this is why Mm. his behavior matters because Mulder knew that women who were abducted had their ova stolen from their bodies and Scully doesn't know this yet. Yeah. And so whether Jillian intended this or not, Scully is clearly experiencing some residual trauma because of the unknown violations she underwent in Mm -hmm. her abduction. I mean, Jillian does a great job acting in this episode because she takes it seriously. And she's, like, clearly totally. emotionally invested when she's listening to Michelle talk. Like, she does a great job performing it. Oh, absolutely. Her stakes are there. 
Um, Always. But Mulder should have put two and two together to recognize this. He doesn't irresistible, but he doesn't in this case. He knew. Like you were, and like you just said, like he was very, very hyped up on the testosterone-induced rage of her being experimented on a couple of episodes ago. Where is that energy now? What happened? Yeah. And it's like, it's just the lack of consistency that's frustrating around this very important plot line because he notices irresistible. He's like, if this is bringing up shit. Um, So Mulder and Scully talk to the woman who runs the nursing home. She says there's no medical staff, but a doctor, Dr. Grego, I think. Yeah. So you pronounce his name. um, Visits three times a week to treat the residents who have later in life degenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm -hmm. So at this point, if you can believe it, I was less than 15 minutes into the episode. (laughs) And we've already gone through all of this. And so I texted CV and I was like, yo, when this show is bad, it is bad. Like with a capital B. Yep. And it's fucking exhausting. My God. So all the administration is apparently, according to this woman, quite fond of Hale Arden. And they were so dismayed about um michelle's claims and about this lawsuit that is happening who gives a shit um despite the fact that even if he didn't rape her he's still guilty of assault and harassment because we saw it on camera in the first scene so cut to these two old men hal arden and stan his like roommate or whatever um popping some pills and they're talking about how they're going to rat each other out or something it's very unclear at this point (laughs) um then we go back to the owner and our agents in ew i hated that then we go back (laughs) to the owner of the nursing home and Mulder and scully in her office bitching about how um michelle charters has um tried to get money out of them three times and like, how dare a woman who's being consistently abused request time off for job-related emotional stress? And it's like, we're supposed to be like, oh, she must be sus because she's asked for it so many times. As if we didn't see literally sexual harassment that she says that she experiences daily. Like, as if we and didn't so, see that. Exactly. That's what's so damning about this whole thing is literally the first scene of this episode was her being assaulted. And the thing is, is that the writers, I'm sure, and the director didn't understand that. Like they were like, oh, this is going to be some guy like trying to be charming and her being oversensitive about it. But us watching, we're like, you disproved your own point, like right here exactly. off in the beginning. Exactly. Um, thankfully, Scully's face is screaming, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, oh, I love when she tells her, like, I'd like to read the file on my own, if that's all right. I'm like, yeah, tell her. Yep. Um, then thankfully, right as Mulder is about to ask if Charters staged her attack and her external and internal injuries, if you can believe it, um, Arden chokes and he dies. Heart. So Mulder's like asking, when he asks if they think that she staged her attack, it's just like, it makes me think that with robberies and murders, like the first instinct is never let's investigate the victim. They always investigate to find the perpetrator, right? Because why would you investigate the victim when the perpetrator is at large, can't hurt people? But in rape, ca- rape cases, the first move is always to investigate the victim. It's even yeah. it's even like in the way that it's talked about, it's like, oh, this person claimed they were raped. You don't say this person claimed they were robbed. You don't say this person claimed they were fucking murdered. 
like or physically yeah. attacked like you'd never say that you just say that they were and then you investigate exactly and that's the difference in um the two of their approaches in this between Mulder and Scully because Scully is looking for is give is looking to give charters justice yeah Mulder is looking for a way to prove she's lying about his precious paranormal phenomena yep which in turn dismisses her allegations. It's like he, I mean, and there, that is consistent with Mulder's character is not actually really caring about the victims and caring more about proof of the paranormal. Yep. That's consistent. So then Dr. Grego shows up and Mulder and Scully are talking to him outside of the home. He tells them that he was prescribing the residents an experimental drug to cure Alzheimer's that was making them better. Um, so then Mulder and Scully want to see other patients who are taking the drug so they go to the home a different home the same home question mark same I'm not home, sure. just different floor yeah anyways so they go see more patients who are on this experimental drug and um Mulder and Scully are talking to these old people whatever then a bunch of nurses come in to collect them and like they abuse them into going to eat their dinner <laughs> yeah, literally like ripping Which toys is, out of their hands yeah like really living up to the nursing homes are full of abusive nurses trope so okay um so scully looked at this one man um and his drawings i like leo me too and it looks like he's yeah like him and dorothy the old woman him and dorothy yeah i know the woman who plays dorothy was in seinfeld and she's in so many um, episodes in the 90s basically she buys the last marble ride yes oh my god i just watched that episode yeah and jerry like steals it from her She's so precious. I love her. <laughs> She's adorable. And I feel yeah, like she, really she got adorable. into acting later in life and like played all these like funny little yeah. roles. How iconic. She's really cute. So um so yeah, so Scully looks at his drawing and it looks like he was drawing some sort of like ghostly figure all over the page, which prompts Scully to suggest in the next scene while they're checking out of their hotel that there may be a connection between the drug that they're, that they're taking and the rape case. Mm-hmm. But Mulder's like, wow, a cure for Alzheimer's? I don't really care. I just want to go home. It, also, he's like, Scully, how could someone who draws also be a rapist? Literally. Like, he really said, if rapist, why good drawer? Which, I, that comparison is just beyond me. I don't really understand. Um, and it's just like, this whole conversation, Mulder is making her feel like she's crazy. And also, insane. and also yeah. flirting with her. When this is a really serious conversation. And like, can you just say that you hate women because they actually have real trauma? Unlike you and your fake I'm so lonely trauma basement boy. God, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. I cannot. I cannot. It's a hard truth. No, because like apparently when it comes to female trauma, his this like Oxford education that everyone like praises. F- fucking had an orgasm over. Yeah. Uh, goes out the window and his male socialization apparently overwhelms him because he feels like his the legitimacy of his trauma trauma is threatened by this very serious intense trauma and it feels very wrong to like even make jokes and like try to comment on this episode um especially about how inept Mulder's been written 
but uh, it's just horrible in every conceivable way. And I was quite literally pausing after every single one of his lines to write down how fucked up it was. Um, So Scully says that um, too much of, of what the drug produces in the brain can cause symptoms similar to schizophrenia. And even though it's a leap, she's clearly the only one trying to figure out who raped this woman and mm-hmm. give her any semblance of closure. Um, and in this scene, it's like, it's very, very apparent that she's really just like going, like she's like going through her brain, trying to figure out what could possibly um, have, have injured um, Michelle Charters in this way. Mm-hmm. And um, Mulder says very, very condescendingly, um, so you think she was raped by a 74-year-old schizophrenic invisible man. And he says it so incredulously as if in the beginning of this very episode, he wasn't the one who said, it isn't that much of a leap to say she could have reacted in a trauma response and forgotten or blurred or repressed the memory of the man who raped her. Or the idea that she literally raped herself so bad that the injuries on her body would be congruent with that of a rape. As if that's not more outrageous than what Scully is. I'm. So Scully keeps suggesting other ways this could have happened. Uh, And he just like shoots him down. He's like, Scully, like, stop, give it up. Here we go. I think maybe the worst line in the entire series, potentially, Mm -hmm. at least one of them. This prompts Mulder to say, quote, I think Michelle Charters concocted this story to get out of a job she hates. Instead of just quitting, Mulder? Yeah, because women have so much to gain from lying about rape, right? Yeah, it's not only ruining her credibility, but like... Yeah, women lie about rape to get something out of it. If I wanted to get something out of something, the last thing I would lie about is rape because nobody ever fucking believes it. That's that... Yeah. So now he's just got done a complete 180 and is denying that she was even raped, um, despite the fact that he very much believed her in the beginning and nothing has provided him with enough information for him to change his mind as he has done. Um, so he just reiterates the claims um, that the woman who owns the nursing home made um, which was very confusing because I don't understand when else Mulder has taken the side of authority over the victim she's not really a victim emily come on you're right shit you're right you're right you're right so scully has to remind him again of the trauma charters went through supported in the medical report that showed injuries associated with the sexual trauma that she faced scully literally has to say she was raped don't you care about that? Yeah. So Scully convinces him to stay another night to talk to patients. So they go back to the nursing home. They talk to Stan's daughter. Stan is um, Arden's roommate. This scene was very strange. Um, and I don't know why it was even included in the final cut. All of the ones with his daughter were weird. Like, I, this exaggerated investigation into whether or not the patients are improving or whether they're deteriorating or who it's working for and who it, we don't care. Pick, pick a, pick a conflict. Like, like we don't care. Um, 
And as we watch this seemingly meaningless scene, I feel like it's important to bring up the fact that um, the book, The Complete X-Files Notes, uh, made a note that said, which you'll find interesting, Chris Carter cut a scene and, ex- and an extended characterization of the nurse, of Nurse Charters, mm-hmm. that she was a lesbian and there was a scene with her partner and he cut it because it, quote, felt gratuitous at that point. Oh my God. Are you so letting So letting the woman who's the main character, who's been assaulted, process her trauma and actually be given characterization beyond victim was too much that's gratuitous okay okay Got it. i am like i cannot believe that he doesn't know what that word means like he's saying it but like he doesn't absolutely not so uh cut back to stan he makes a fucking run for it <laughs> he's quick as he's packing up and the nurse chases him Chases him out onto the roof, and the nurse uh, falls off the roof, and he dies. Flat, because uh, something pries his fingers off the ledge. Okay. So Mulder has the doctor come into the scene because apparently now, even though this man has a degenerative hip disease, Mulder's thinking up all the possibilities of how he could have potentially been involved in two murders. Then we cut to Scully speaking with Dorothy. Our sweet little angel. Sweet little old lady angel. From earlier. She's saying she doesn't want to go back in her room because there's people in there. But when Scully goes to look, there's no one there. And then we see Dorothy trying to shoo away these like creepy, gropey old ghosts that are like hovering around Scully. Which like we love. Like we love that Dorothy's protecting our girl. I know. She's like, no, leave her alone. She's like, don't you fool her. I'm like... Oh, Scully so Dorothy sweet. loves you, but Scully's clearly bothered. Yeah, yeah. She definitely feels a presence. Yeah. yeah. So Scully goes to look at the autopsy and toxicology report um, with Mulder and the doctor from Arden. And she discovers that something was in Arden's blood that causes hallucinations. And then all of a sudden, they're all called to the rec room area and leo is painting this giant mural it's huge (laughs) takes up the entire fucking wall and they're all just like stunned and then somehow this prompts molder to ask where the asian orderly is which like where the (laughs) fuck that came from i have no idea Mulder assuming the asian orderly is going to know about like the alternative medicine the patients have been receiving is so racist and it's even more racist that he's correct it's even more racist that he's correct it's a racist that he thought of that but like where the fuck did that come from in that moment it's because he's assuming that these patients are taking like alternative medicine that's giving them right like Right, but have we even seen even the suggestion that Mulder even glanced at the Asian orderly? No, no. I, I, I did he even encounter the? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, b- between between that, between this fucking old man up on a ladder painting a mural, I was like, I <laughs> am having a bad trip. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Like, like I feel like I smoked something. 
Like, <laughs> what the fuck is magnetite? Literally. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Upon seeing this mural, Michelle is like, I fucking told all of you that something was going on, but none of you believed me. And now here I am, not being listened to, back at work, and left with severe sexual trauma from being raped. She is nice. stronger than all of these fuckers. Oh my god, everyone. And she's doing other people's jobs. Like, So Mulder goes into the basement to, to find this suspicious Asian nurse. You know why he's suspicious? Because, because he's, he's Asian. A- <laughs> Mulder's racist. <laughs> and as he's roaming the base, at, at least this one is. I don't know. This Mulder. The fact that this Mulder exists means that thick Mulder can exist. And they're both equally as valid. Yeah, that exactly. As, as I love Mulder. the Mulder in my fix, so. Me too. So Mulder goes in the basement. I already said that. Anyways, uh, Mulder's roaming the basement dungeon. Uh, and as he was doing this, I found myself thinking, wow, I really want this episode to be over. Yep. Um, in the basement, he finds a mushroom greenhouse growing. So Scully was partially right, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and there's some dead person in, in there. Yeah. Sweet. So they question the Asian nurse. Uh, He's demonized more than the actual rapist. Absolutely. Um, and why? How do they know that it was his fucking mushroom garden? Okay. Because he's Asian. Because he's a Asian. foreigner and they're magical. Because he doesn't know how things work in this country, Stevie. Oh, but they be sh- they're sure to tell him that he's not in his country. They're sure yep. to they spell make that, that the fuck out. Very clear. Um, yeah, and they just like are in their questioning are completely fucking patronizing and xenophobic and racist in every single possible way. Um, yep. He basically says that he was feeding mushrooms to the residents because it made them feel better. And then he goes on a rant about how horribly Americans treat their elderly so which like that whole point it's like that's that's valid like the way americans are they don't give a shit about their family or like just others in general but why are the old mm-hmm. men becoming the victims when they're literally the harassers and rapists like what is happening why was the rape plot just to catapult make it make sense i'm out of words not even not even to catapult it but then to make molder the savior <sighs> so what it's looking like is that nurse uh, Gung is his name. What it's looking like is that nurse is that nurse Gung is about to say the reason that dude fell from fell hello fell from four flights. Say that five times fast. Fell from four flights. 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 That was good. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was just re- thinking about tongue twisters when you said that. I know. Oh, really? Like just in that moment, yeah. That's wild. Um, and the reason Charters got raped is because the nurses treated the patients poorly, which, yes, true from what we've seen, except for Charters, who was being harassed every time she went to care for them. Yep. So not quite. Okay. It was two specific abusers in a different way. The two male nurses were abusers as well. Right. I don't <sighs> So Nurse Gong says that the spirits have been awakened by the mushrooms and have taken revenge for their mistreatment. 
And uh, if, if th- this is the point that I can't get over, is like, if you were going to forget about oh. Charter's rape this quickly, you may as well fucking killed her. You may as well have just had her been murdered at the beginning. You may as well have just killed her off. I don't... Where does the unnecessary bodily trauma come in? That's exactly what it is. It's unnecessary. Let's just for a minute, right? Talk about how inconsistent this depiction of Mulder is. Mulder is a character who believes in alien abduction. That is the foundation of his entire being. I think so. In the very next episode, he's really about the whole idea that memories can be passed down genetically, right? He's like, that's his whole stick. Here in this moment, he seems to accept that mushrooms can open a door to the afterlife. He literally testified to everything that happened to Toombs in court in a public setting, but he refuses to consider the possibility of entity rape. Like, fuck you, Paul fucking Brown. Fuck you, Stephen Surik. Like, I hate that. That's why, like, Stephen, if you were watching the same show, my dude. Yeah, you, you were such a big fan. Like, what? Joe Schmo from the street apparently was watching the wrong show. He's like, oh, the X-Files? Shit. Okay. I something else, but I guess I'm here. I thought this was, I thought this was a Twilight Zone. He's like, oh, my bad. Sorry. But I guess I'm here. I Could you I, imagine? I guess, I, I guess I'm here. So we're just gonna, I'll just, I'll just wing it. Um, upon hearing Nurse, Nurse Gung's testimony yeah. Mulder's like yeah it's entirely plausible that a spirit could have pushed a man off of a building but raping a woman nah that's crazy she's alive right so she's fine and she deserves no justice Ooh. okay so that this uh review that we keep quoting they said which i think just summarized it very well um, they said the pills are magic because they ca- they can come from <laughs> the pills are magic because they come from Gung and Gung doesn't come from around here. Ooh. The fact that the episode expects the audience to buy that logic is deeply unsettling. And I would even go so far as to say that the audience buys the logic, that logic. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's that's like accepted. It's like, oh yeah, he's not, he's from China. Of course he has magic mushrooms. Like, yeah. And that poor actor had to play that fucking goddamn archetype. I know. But had to do it because it's work. Jesus. Yep. So I guess at this point we should just be thankful that they actually hired an Asian actor. Literally. Honestly. Jesus bare minimum. Christ. So they go down to get the mushrooms. Yep. And uh-oh, spaghetti-o. Someone's taken them all. <laughs> and then... Mulder admits Scully was right, and instead of owning it, because she can be smart, but she can't know that she's smart. That's what makes her not like the other girls. Right. She says, about what, babe? And he says, the medication was responsible for what happened, but not the one the doctor was giving patients. And Scully's like, you're crazy. Because, of course, Scully doesn't believe in the very well-documented effect of magic mushrooms. Because she, because now Mulder has to be the hero and he has to be right. And she's been right too much in this episode. So now she has to blatantly like, say no to what is clearly the right answer. We have done a complete 180. Literally. So now Mulder believes that an invisible man did in fact commit these crimes. And Scully only thinks they've poisoned Arden. Even though she said five seconds ago it was only a trace amount 
and it was only enough to cause hallucinations aside from the plot being garbage like the writing is just all over the place it's like i feel like someone informed paul brown and steven surgic like midway through the episode like oh yeah scully's a skeptic and they were like oh guys fuck scully's a skeptic oh shit we've done the whole episode she's not been a skeptic they're like oh fuck we'll just write this scene in because shit i didn't know that oops <laughs> halfway through the episode someone was like wait you guys know scully's wait, a skeptic, you know right? and they're like yeah 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 no yeah and then the guy and then they leave and then like, and then they Fuck, did you they go they're like holy shit holy shit holy, holy shit. shit holy shit holy shit dude dude we gotta fix this and just no one questioned it because it was just it was just as fucking bonkers as the rest of the episode yep so then stan is popping some pills that he stole dorothy is screaming at the ghosts <laughs> leo gets yeeted into the dark <laughs> he gets pulled and, down the hall and, into the dark <laughs> and michelle screams so Mulder and scully run to michelle because fuck everyone else. they're like the old people are fine we'll go to her <laughs> old people are fucked let's just go <laughs> save michelle <laughs> they're all just yelling into space <laughs> <laughs> they see leo being dragged down the hall by they're, no one they're like <laughs> right so they get to michelle and she's being thrown around the bathroom it's like was michelle just a fucking bookend to this episode like let's start and end with her trauma but we're not going to explore it in the middle at all yes we're going to explore the minds of pervert old men yes um to which Mulder like smirks at because wow spirits really are responsible here she was telling the truth cool he's like wow ghosts yeah literally he was like wow wait spirits actually did do this wait Michelle was telling the truth I want to rip his testicle off just one just one (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I support it I'll do it too I just want to claw them. We can each have one. Okay. That'll work. That'll work. And while Mulder is like busting a nut over that fact, uh, the door locks him and Michelle inside and the pipes burst and start shooting water everywhere. And Scully is locked out on the other side. Yep. So, and like in this moment, the blonde woman, like the owner of it, like Scully's panicking. <laughs> She's like yanking at the door and the blonde woman is like, oh, wow. Oh, no. Oh, that looks bad. Like, it was Scully's, like, seizing. And the doctor. Yeah, they're both just standing there, like, and I'm like, wow, go, girl, give us nothing. She's like, try to try to get it open, and the doctor's like, I mean, okay, I guess. He's like, I guess I'll pull on it a little, but. He's like, oh, ow, that hurt my arm. He's like, mm. He's like, no, I'm all wet. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, my shoes are getting wet. <laughs> Scully goes to find the water main to shut it off, but of course it's stuck. And so Mulder and Charters are hanging onto the pipes <laughs> and the room is filling up. You ready for this, Stevie? Yeah, I'm ready for it. In the original script. Oh god, oh god, oh god. I'm nervous. Okay. What? There was a cut there was a bit they cut. Um, Charters passes out while they're hanging on the pipes. Uh-huh. And as Mulder's holding her up, he laments about the fact that he can't kiss her goodbye. No. Yeah. 
So he laments about the fact that he can't kiss an unconscious rape victim. So meanwhile, Stan poisoned himself. He's seizing. The doctor gives him a shot and uh, he stops and all the spirits disappear. The doors to the bathroom open and all the water floods in the hallway. The only, and I mean the only thing good to come of this episode was that fucking adorable Polaroid of Jillian soaked from head to toe, smiling like a baby. Oh, we have to post that. Oh yeah, we definitely will. But like, fuck this episode on so many levels, but mostly because it was so fucked up. I didn't even get to appreciate Scully's intense beauty like she deserves. I'm like, I, I normally do. It's okay. Next episode. Nurse Gong was arrested and deported. Doctor Dude was, he was made deported, head. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? I, my very last note was, oh my God, Gung got deported. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they just threw that in as like part of the conclusion. Yeah, this whole this whole this whole conclusion is a voiceover by Scully and it's very um all over the place. Yeah. So that happened. Uh Dr. Dude was made head of the facility. The patients are getting bad again, and the federal government settled Charter's lawsuit out of court, though no clear blame has been placed. So basically nothing was solved and there was no closure for the victim. Perfect. The end. From the start, you have to ask yourself, why does Chris Carter not only like to traumatize women, but why does he do so via faceless crimes? Like, why is there never someone who faces repercussions? Because that would mean placing responsibility, like firm responsibility onto something. He traumatizes and violates women with no intent on giving them justice or closure. Exactly. That's the biggest thing is that there's no intent. And that's his X-File. Yep. That's his X-File. He's like crazy. Like, whoa, women not getting justice for their trauma? Whoa, must be a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And two, despite the countless attempts to discredit her michelle's character yeah Mulder never apologizes to her or to scully no because they didn't think that he was written out of character they didn't think that he was written as an asshole he was just written as a man i would give my left pinky toe to see Mulder apologize to scully more (laughs) honestly you know if fic didn't exist i think i would as well yep that's true. Fick really does a lot of the work. Um, do you want to do a quick Jillian's Corner? Let's do it. Can we sing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to pull it up, and I'm just going to play it for you, so it's going to be a true blind react. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm already not doing well because um, today Jillian posted that selfie congratulations to jillian oh, anderson yeah. for getting a golden globe nomination jillian anderson got a Glo- golden globe nomination today so exciting we're so proud of her it's what she deserves what she and she's gonna deserves. she's gonna win manifesting she better win anyways she posted a selfie and um hmm i'm not doing well <laughs> she looked beautiful she had a black silk top on her hair was just lioness like Oh, that's a good way to describe it. Her makeup looked amazing. I don't know where her wrinkles are. Her skin is 
like uh, porcelain. Okay, I have it ready. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm struggling. <laughs> Are you ready? So this was sent in, and it said, no, if I tell you what it says, it's going to ruin it. Okay, don't tell me then. The, the beginning says, I randomly saw this video again, and I thought of you reacting to those Jillian ads, and then they say something else that's going to ruin okay. it. Okay. Oh, boy. Are we doing okay? Stop. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting here at the Electronic Cafe in Santa Monica, but with the explosion of the World Wide Web today and the mobility <laughs> laptops, you know, Electronic Cafe in order to get your phone. So, Wait, okay, stop. <laughs> But it's an electronic cafe. <laughs> okay, this is gonna for our um listeners that are older than us, we're gonna sound like we're twelve years old right now. <laughs> but I think <laughs> an electronic cafe is when they would go it's a place that had Wi-Fi question mark because they they or they had computers to use. Like it was almost like a computer lab, I think. Okay. And people would go and it had Wi-Fi and like people like, cause she's using a laptop, but I don't think it was like mm-hmm. customary for everybody to have Wi-Fi in their home question mark. I probably sound like I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it, it, that's what it looks like. It looks like there's computers there and then there's like, she has her laptop and other people have like laptops. Wait, but then at the end of the ad, when she's checking her email in her car, <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> in the 90s, pigeons had Wi-Fi reception, didn't you know? Apparently, no, now I know. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. I just happen to be interested in forensic pathology. And what do we have here? We have fat embolism. We have hand with lacerations. Why don't we take a look at hand with lacerations? Um, let's move on. <laughs> this uh, handy dead little site called Fridge Arts. And right here, we're going to come to um, a, a by Amy, and uh, she's drawn us a little barn with a sun and a tree and a butterfly and what looks like a dead squirrel on the branch. <laughs> That's great. So since this little laptop has a okay, Paul. Okay, stop. Stop. Okay, stop. stop. <laughs> that was so cute. It's really funny because she really tried hard to not insult this woman's art. It's a little girl. Hard. She tried. It's a little, gr- oh, she tried really hard <laughs> to just be, like, funny about it and be like, and there's a dead squirrel in the tree. That's great. But you can tell she had, a- she was the mother to a, uh, An, a, a blossoming a artist. blossoming artist. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. She's like, my daughter is drawing three-dimensional. <laughs> She's like, my daughter knows how to draw a squirrel in a tree that doesn't make it look dead. Can put in a CD-ROM called "You Don't Know Jack." To hit you with the category, which of these is not a job title on a meatpacking assembly line? Belly. Come on, this is too hard. They sound like opposites, but inflammable and flammable mean the same thing. Look it up. I think I lost another grand. Which color do Chuckles candy Rubik's cube? Hey, you know what? I think I might even know this. Number four. Green is shared by all three. Yes, maybe I do know Jack. I'll show you how mobile I really am. Now she's in her car. Oh boy. I'm sitting at a red light. No, you know, you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) The just the the image of her like in a convertible on her giant ass laptop (laughs) at a red light. (laughs) The most nineties thing I think I've ever seen in my whole life.
Oh my god, with her fucking platform sandals on the pedal. Jesus Christ. That is a good that, one. Like, that is so funny. I love that. Adds so much. Everything about it is perfect. It's everything about it is perfect. Literally. And like her knowing the Rubik's Cube and the uh, twister because she's a fucking kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I do know Jack. Her little clap. I know. She's such a mom. She's such a mom. Oh my God. What the person said about it was, so maybe you would like to talk about the techie queen explaining how computers work. I would listen to Jillian Anderson count grains of rice in a bowl. I know. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, I knew you would love that one. Immensely. Yeah. Thank you for sending that in. That was so fun. Yeah, thanks. We actually have a lot of requests for Jillian's Corner, which is exciting. Perfect. Perfect. And that's the episode. That is the episode. Thank you so much for being with us, listeners. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us through this episode. Yeah, don't watch it if you haven't already. Um, we love you to pieces. Kisses. I hope you take a bubble bath, do a face mask, eat some chocolate, kick a man, and have a great day. I second that. And also, and also maybe... Um, uh reacquaint yourself with Jillian Anderson's selfie that she posted today. Yes, absolutely. And that's it. See you next time on The Sex Files. The Sex Files. Bye. Bye.